I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Going for Goal, the new women's health podcast. I'm your host, senior editor Roisin Dervish O'Kane. Thousands more of you are discovering the show each week, and we couldn't be happier that you're with us. If you're new to Going for Goal, welcome. Each week, I'll be joined by members of our esteemed gang of health experts and cultural insiders, and together we'll explain how you can hit a health, wellness or life goal. It's Valentine's week, should you have missed the love hearts everywhere you look. So we're looking at a goal that's an amalgamation of a few emails and DMs. It's the goal of learning how to date in a way that works for your health and happiness, not against it. Basically, to build a healthy dating life. Having a goal to do with relationships is tricky. And when those relationships are with people whom you're dating, sleeping with, and possibly auditioning for the plum role of your partner, the trickiness increases exponentially. But sometimes what we most want does involve other people. Joining me to talk looking for love whilst preserving your sanity are two women who, from quite different professional vantage points, have gained up-close and personal insight into the minds and behaviours of the dating lives of women like you. Dr. Sophie Mort, a former NHS clinical psychologist who now has her own private practice, and Louise Trowen, a brand consultant and former international vice president of marketing at Dating App Bumble. Welcome both of you. Hi. Very quick one to each of you to start. What have your professional perspectives taught you about why women, professionals in their 20s and 30s particularly, find dating so emotionally wearing? Sophie, let's start with you. Um, I'm glad that you went with professional rather than personal as the first thing. I was like, wow, this is going to be a lot to start with. Um, Okay, professional opinion on this. I think that dating makes you feel incredibly vulnerable. It's a space in which you have to expose parts of yourself that perhaps you don't want to, aren't ready to. And I think that's particularly true in this modern world where dating isn't just meeting someone through a friend of a friend. It's a world in which you put pictures of yourself on apps and you swipe and people choose based on your appearance whether they want to go on dates with you. Hmm. I think right now dating is really enjoyable. I want to start with the positives. Enjoyable, potentially fun, but also rife with disappointment, disillusionment and a sense that... um, Maybe people can be thrown away quite quickly, which Mm. obviously isn't good for any of our self-esteem. And I think a lot of people, based on that, are focusing more and more on their appearance and wondering whether they're enough, whether they look enough, whether their social skills are enough, whether their personality is enough. That is actually a personal and a professional opinion on why dating can be so tough at any age, not just in your 20s and 30s. Louise, what about you? 
Yeah, I, th- I think to your point, a lot of it is down to the expectations that both society and our friends and ourselves put put on each other. Um, I think if if I think about when I was younger and I started dating, and I think it's the same for all of us, and I speak on both um, a professional and a personal level, so much of your success as a woman or as an individual is based on the acquisition of certain things in your life. Have you got mm. a boyfriend? Did you find a good job? Have you got a good group of friends? And suddenly, when you fall short of those categories, t- to your point, you feel like you're lacking and, and you're not fulfilled in a certain way. And actually that conditioning of what success is is completely archaic and unrealistic and it's based on a perfection model that is wholly unreachable so we're all if we follow that model just destined to fail and feel unfulfilled and unsuccessful and so what we really found working at Bumble when I worked there and also in my personal dating life is that just as it was stitched up through cinematography and Mm. literature and history that Mm. we should fill these certain models of being a woman or being a businesswoman um, or or in a relationship, we have to start to unstitch that and re-piece together what it means to be successful. And that means also looking at our our mental success um, first and foremost. Absolutely. So putting self-care at the front of whatever you're going through. So be that you're aiming for a dating goal or it's something to do with fitness or it's something to do with professional life. Mm-hmm. Always thinking about where you are with mm. it first. Yeah. Okay. And then, so we've talked about, Sophie, you talked about um, the kind of modern realities of dating and mm. how it can make people feel a bit indispensable. Mm. Not indispensable. Oh, it I can wish make people feel <laughs> dispensable and disposable. Yeah. Um, but dating has always been hard, right? I think as Louise said, it, it involves vulnerability what are the more kind of ancient long-standing mechanisms at play here okay I love that you're talking about this because yes dating has always been hard because of the way that we've um, evolved as a species okay so if you think about the fact that thousands of years ago maybe millennia ago early humans to survive needed to be in communities they needed to be in tribes if you were inside of a community you had access to resources access to safety and access to sex, right? So procreation. So the in-group had it all. If you did something that led you to be outside of the group, it meant almost certain death. Mm. So your brain, whenever, well, your brain is negatively skewed, right? It's kept you safe by continuously scanning the environment for anything that could go wrong, including looking for any kind of whiff of rejection, any sign of rejection. And when it finds anything that looks like that, it activates its only threat response that it has, this fight or flight response, and causes a physical change that's anything from uncomfortable to extremely painful in order for you to recognise something is happening so that you will change your behaviour. So early human would have then hopefully gone and made amends. Whatever had gone wrong, they would try and fix it so they could stay within the group. Thousands of years ago, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Nowadays, we're looking, we're seeing rejection absolutely everywhere. You know, not talking about dating, but if you think about when you scroll on Instagram, you could see a party where you don't even know the people in the picture. And suddenly you're like, why wasn't I invited to that party? You kind of cast yourself in the out group because you're not in that picture that looks really fun. (laughs) Even though you don't know those humans. Mm. So that's when you're not emotionally invested. So now imagine what it's like in the dating world. The faintest hint that you're going to be rejected and you experience this strong physical response. And there's actually this piece of research that I think is fascinating. They, um, <laughs> it's kind of cruel. They got participants and gave them fake dating profiles and asked them to go. Th- they knew they were fake. 
ask them to go through each of the dating profiles and say, hmm, I would date that person. Like, ooh, I'd like them as a potential suitor. They put them in a scanner to see what happened in their brains and then told them that the people that they fancied didn't fancy them back. And what they saw was the brain started releasing its natural painkillers. This is fascinating because it means that your brain processes rejection in a very similar way as it does to processing physical pain. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, so so actually, (laughs) dating's always been fraught with actual physical pain, not just emotional pain. But now thinking about modern world, every time you pick up the phone, there's a potential right, for rejection or for someone saying, yes, I like you. It's a match. So something that helped us thousands of years ago is actually really now keeping us stuck in a cycle of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, emotional danger. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, brain. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of that emotional anxiety from my experience is also built around the gamification Mm -hmm. of these Mm -hmm. apps and actually if you think about any other game that you play in your life it's filled with adrenaline Mm -hmm. and angst and excitement and when you win you feel great and when you lose it also evokes an emotional reaction and and what technology has done is you know it's enabled us to have access to so many new people which is brilliant Mm -hmm. for so many ways I think there's a lot of negative talk around the tech space and and Mm. Um, you know, brands like Instagram, but actually they they also democratize access to information and yes. knowledge and people and friends yeah. and, and communities. communities. Yeah, especially in minority communities. Mm-hmm. I know lots of people that have found, you know, contact with people that typically they, they didn't have access to. So I think that's the the benefit of it. But the the gamification of match and swipe and mm-hmm. uh, and contact, we have to find a way to to find a balance between that and giving people access to people, but also managing to your point the potential of rejection through that gamification mm-hmm. yeah. and you see a lot of new new apps whether it's connectivity apps or dating apps really trying to navigate that space mm-hmm. of how can we keep the connections meaningful mm-hmm. whilst also well also ensuring that the immediacy of what people are looking for is still mm. is still at the forefront because yeah. it's tricky isn't it i guess there's always going to be some level of rejection because even on a dating app in the same way that you'd be in a bar mm-hmm. you are still kind of judging <laughs> someone on whether you think they're fit or not yes Yes. So it's probably impossible, like it's kind of, how do you remove, as you say, to your point, how do you remove that? I think it's I think it's a, a language thing from, from my point of view. Um, maybe rejection is such a savage, heavy yeah. word that yeah. if someone doesn't match with me, I'm like, I'm rejected. Or perhaps they were just swiping too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Because we're great and yeah. they probably should have swiped in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same way as if, you know, we would go into a bar tonight. Do you expect every man to stop drinking their drink and look at us? Yes, no. absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, in an ideal world, yes. Yeah. But my ego they is might very be distracted fragile. in like football chat. Um, but I think, I think it's just interesting when you take it into the real life world and actually your expectations on an app are, are, are so much higher mm-hmm. to, to be liked. And we, we really mm. need to start dismantling that because it is impossible for you to feel loved in that way Mm. online it just the tech doesn't serve that type of feeling it's interesting isn't it and I wonder if it's got anything to do with the way that we kind of make ourselves into brands online and we almost kind of we put up an avatar Mm. and of course on any platform whether it's dating or whatever and we put so much into that into Mm. that performance Mm -hmm. of who we are so that maybe when someone doesn't go oh my god that's everything I want more (laughs) we're like but that's the best (laughs) shit if you don't want if you don't want that then oh my goodness there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, I feel like, as you said, there is so much negative talk around this, and it doesn't need to be because, well, there does need to be some negative talk, but it doesn't, dating doesn't have to be negative. So I think, firstly, if you understand the gamification of apps and how a lot of it are based on slot machines, right? Mm. So you love the flashing lights, the intermittent reinforcement. You're more likely to become addicted to something and lean into it if you get the hit that you want occasionally, mm. not all the time. So firstly, you want to understand that the apps work on you not feeling great mm. all the time. You want to understand that that feeling of rejection that you have goes back millennia and has nothing to do with you per se being a failure in that moment or not being able to manage your emotions. And you want to learn, I think knowledge is power as well in terms of understanding the psychology of dating. So like a simple thing, for example, is most of us date based on our childhood experiences. When someone looks at you on a dating app, yes, they're going off physical appearance, but they're also looking for something deeper than that, even though it's happening in a split second, something that's familiar. So if someone rejects you, for example, that's a big word, someone decides not to match with you, it's possible that it's because you don't um, activate a familiar circuit in their mind. You don't remind them of something of their childhood, something of a parent, for example. And if you know that people are making their judgments not based on whether they think your brand is good enough for mm -hmm. them, but based on, during my childhood, this thing made me feel good mm -hmm. or made me feel anxious and that's what I need, mm -hmm. then you can actually conceptualize your experience of the dating game quite differently mm -hmm. i could go on but can you see there's yeah. lots of different things you can learn about that just help you show up in this space in a calmer more centered yeah um way and what about the idea of understanding where because i think so much with dating we put so much emphasis on the other person where mm. they are what they're thinking mm -hmm. What about how do we kind of bring it back to us and where we are in that moment and how does that help us to kind of build a healthy dating life? Question to either of you. I mean, I think, I think it comes down to recognising and knowing that you're in control and you also have a choice. So mm. often I hear my girlfriends, and actually I've said this as well, you know, he, he doesn't like me for these reasons. And I turn around to them and I'm like, but you also have a choice because mm. he's he's behaving in a certain way that isn't, 
isn't adhering by your behavioural standards and it's mm. making you feel certain ways. So we have a choice in this situation to feel empowered and say that is not something that I would like to stand for so I'm going to walk away from it. And I think because we feel so vulnerable in relationships mm. and because we are so desperate to be loved as individuals mm. that if somebody says, I'm not going to call you back and I don't want to take you for dinner, we immediately say, I am not loved or wanted. Mm. Instead of saying, I'm going to make a concerted choice right now that that sort of person isn't worthy of my time. Mm. And when you move your brain to thinking like that, I mean, you can talk obviously much more about this. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> no, I'm loving what you're saying. Carry on, carry on. I'm just like copying, her. I'm just like copying her language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you move your thought process to that, to that space, you shift from being, you know, disempowered to being really empowered. And I mm. think we are always going to face moments where people do not cho- choose us in, mm. in work, mm. in, in, in relationships, in friendships. And if we can say, I'm walking away from that because it doesn't serve me for whatever reasons, mm. and it is about that person and, and what they're going through as opposed to personal to me, t- to your point, you end up in a much more, yes, safe environment with, your, with yourself. And mm. I've had to do that numerous times. And it's a really empowering feeling to know where your boundaries are mm. and, and why you set them and, and why you won't settle for less. Yeah. Mm. And on the subject of boundaries, then, mm. what are some of the most important, it's so important in dating, like important boundaries. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. On. You're a psychologist, of course you do. Um, what are some of the most <laughs> important I feel ones? like I need to book in a session with you, by the okay. way. Well, we can, maybe we can use it as group therapy. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but what are some of the most important boundaries to set when it comes to dating? And how do people go mm. about doing it? It's a bit of a buzzword, isn't it? Mm. Boundaries. What okay. are they? How do, do you know what a boundary them? is? Give, why don't you explain? Okay, <laughs> just because I think lots of people hear it, they're like, oh, I've got loads of lead boundaries, but I don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a boundary is the line where you end and someone else begins. And they're kind of these um, rules, I suppose, or guides that you decide on that allow, uh, allow other people to know how you want to be treated. And we need them in all aspects of our lives. I think lots of people think they're dirty words because one of the first boundaries that normally comes to mind is the word no. And I think a lot of us... I'm going to dare say, I think particularly women feel like if we tell someone that we care about, no, that we're doing something offensive or hurtful. So I think a lot of us don't realise how important it is that we need to decide what's important to us in life and create rules around it to protect ourselves. So I'm going to go straight in with learning how to say no. Just because someone wants to date you, just because someone wants to talk to you doesn't mean that you have to go along with it. Mm. Right? Mm. So if someone asks you out and you don't want to, you're allowed to say, no, thank you. <laughs> and you don't even have to give a reason why, right? Mm. A lot of us feel like we have to explain ourselves. Mm. Another really important thing about saying no is I think we're getting into a culture of ghosting, which I think is really harmful. So ghosting, you know, you think the, the relationship's building up. You're like, oh, they're texting me. It's so wonderful. And then they disappear totally. And it's oh my word, you don't know what you've done. It feels deeply personal. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's often because the other person doesn't want to say no to you and doesn't know how to bear your pain so they can just walk away. So no. Boundarying your time. In terms of how you, how long you spend on a date with someone, how long you spend like messaging them. All of the things. I mean, specifically thinking about apps. (laughs) They found that most of us spend about 90 plus minutes per day. On dating apps, that's over 20 hours a week. So boundarying the time you spend searching, boundarying the time that you're going to offer to people in terms of texting before meeting, making sure that dates, for example, aren't too long but aren't too short Mm. so you've got a good sense of each other but maybe leave each other wanting more. But I think in terms of boundaries, what a lot of us do, and I think this speaks to your point, is 
we go on these dates feeling like we have to prove ourselves to the other person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We kind of lose sight of what's important to us and what we want. So what I would do initially, and you don't have to stick to this, but is think, okay, what is important to me in a relationship? What do I want? What do I value? Okay, I want someone who has similar interests to me or I want someone who has different interests to me. And you kind of rank them in order of importance and then you think, what is an absolute no? So for me, Mm -hmm. someone who messes with my time. Right, someone who doesn't makes me feel like they don't value my time. Mm. If you cancel one meeting, fine. I'm using meeting instead of date, so I don't feel vulnerable when I say about being <laughs> yeah. canceled on a date. Uh, the reality is, I mean, if you cancel one date, maybe it'll be fine. But if you do it twice, then I'm going to probably say, mm, you know what, my time's really important. After the first date, my time's really important to me. I'm in the future. I really just need a little bit more notice. Would that mm. work? Next time, they're out. That's a, that's a hard rule for me. Mm-hmm. So thinking about what's non-negotiable and practicing saying those things out loud. Yeah. And then when you feel really anxious because you've said no to someone, then tolerating your own distress around that. Mm. And I realise I'm whittling on, but final thing is turn your notifications off. That is a major <laughs> hard boundary for me, right? Yeah, yeah. I have all of mine off. All of them, me too. Not one thing on. No. Does that help in the way then in terms of this in terms of your dating life being healthy then that when you engage it's like you choose yes you choose it's like the equivalent of like you choose to step into what's been called like a singles bar yeah you choose to like you're going looking yeah. for it rather than it being you've woken up and someone's not texted you or or, or not even has. you know if you're so your phone's on the table right now for example if you had your notifications turned off part mm. of your brain is constantly thinking oh Someone might match with me. Mm. Someone might message me. Or why has there been such a long gap? You're Mm. constantly emotionally responding at the unconscious level to what your phone's doing. Mm. If your notifications are turned off, you've got a bit of a break. I think you're so right about time and I don't think we put enough pressure on it and I think it's really powerful to remember how how precious it is and Mm. our mental health is all based on how we structure our time I actually have my phone on on airplane when I'm in any meeting and Mm. it's out here so I can look at my notes but that is a way of me saying I'm respecting this time and if there is an emergency it can wait until the end of the meeting and typically you know to your point about swiping and and investing time in dating I would encourage people to say, okay, we know statistically that the majority of people are using dating apps between 5 and 8 p.m. on a Sunday Ooh, evening. Fun fact, did not know. Fun fact for the fans out there. <laughs> Coming through with the data. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it again for the people in the back. Um, but we, we know that there are more people on there. So we know the algorithm is being fed more, which means that you're more likely to be seen if you're more active, which means you're more likely to get more matches. So number one, we would encourage people to use that time and say, okay, once a week, why would I not? encourage my chances of finding more people and focus on it at a time that is probably going to be more likely for me to match with someone and then throughout the week spend your time with your friends on yourself exercising building out the value that then when you go on the date on saturday lunchtime or the Mm. following monday you've actually felt empowered by discipline and i think Mm. discipline is really important because it enables you to feel like you have some control Mm. and whenever we lose control that's when we feel anxious that's when we start to doubt ourselves when we lack that sort of understanding of of why and so structuring to your Mm. point your time really carefully enables us to really focus on that Mm. um but i I agree with you that this ghosting phenomenon is really dangerous Mm -hmm. and as much as it as it is a buzzword and you know there are so many different terms that we're coming up Mm. with now submarining have you heard of that no breadcrumbing breadcrumbing tell me about submarining submarining is when (laughs) they're like you're really fit and i fancy you and you go on a date and then they disappear 
mm-hmm. and you think they've ghosted you and then they pop their heads up. Oh, this is so okay. So like breadcrumbing where they just like deliver you the little crumb just as you Breadcrumbing is a little bit more, is a little longer. Yeah. So like it's, bas- it's like almost love bombing. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, at this point, there are so many terms that it's like, did he breadcrumb me, then submarine oh, me? Or maybe yeah. he ghosted me at the same time. <laughs> also, is it better to be submarine? Because at least they thought I was hot in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I've understood it wrong, but you know. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. isn't it, with ghosting, like I think, I know Louise, we've spoken about this briefly before. It's tricky what what we let really affect us. Mm. And because I've had conversations with friends as well, and it's like, oh, I've been ghosted by this guy. Um, but then when you dig down into it, they haven't actually met. Mm. So they've just been messaging. Mm. Um, and it's hard because I'm like, well, were you really ghosted? Because he hasn't met you. At this point, you're just six of your best photos mm. and a mm. cute little bio. Mm. Um but it's really hard. Like, how do we, are there rules? Do we have to slightly toughen up when we haven't engaged with someone personally? What do you guys think? I think that the difficult word here is let. Okay. So the idea that we're letting ourselves get, like, feel a certain way. Mm. I think what's easier is to recognize that certain emotional responses we have happen beyond our control. Where we have choice is what we do with those emotions, Mm. right? So, for example, your friend may never have met this person, but it might be incredibly painful for them that that person's disappeared. That's not them letting themselves get into that scenario. That's just what your brain does to you when your attachment system is activated, right? That part of you that worries about connection. Mm. So I think the way that we toughen up in inverted commas is firstly by softening up, so as in compassion. So I recognise that right now I'm hurting and that's probably something to do with evolution, it's probably something to do with my childhood, it's probably something to do with how I feel right now. So we honour that part of ourselves, we ask ourselves, okay, what do I need right now to self-soothe? And then we choose how we wish to proceed. So it's about both making space for the emotion and deciding how to move forward. So a little bit like, you know, mindfulness is the idea that you create a gap between your knee-jerk response and what you actually do. And that's kind of what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. here. We toughen up by deciding to act in a way that soothes ourselves and move forward. And part of that might be having a little word with yourself or with your friends where you go, oh, yeah, hang on, I didn't even meet that person. And in reality, I'm not even invested in them at all. And probably if I did X and Y and Z and you joke with your friends and you get this lovely endorphin kick because you're with your pals. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of different to toughening up. That's such a good point and much a much kinder and more empathetic mm-hmm. take than mine. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. I used to be ruthless with <laughs> myself as well. Like <laughs> no, no. Cold and hard. Oh, sorry. I've turned <laughs> up enough, mate. <laughs> Get a grip. What's wrong with you? I, I actually think there's somewhere in the middle. Mm. So I agree that you have to meet certain experiences with such compassion and that actually is a much more powerful way for yourself to heal. Mm. But I also think there's a point to be argued around the expectations of these apps. And it's not necessarily about, I don't know if toughen is the right word, but I think it's more be realistic. Mm, I agree with that. When we're entering into the world of online dating in particular, that we have realistic expectations that these terms that have been coined, like ghosting, are there because they are trendy and they're buzzwords and they're clickbait. And so we have to be careful not to fall into the traps of saying, we had a five minute back and forth and then he ghosted me. I've talked to men, women at bars for five minutes and then they've gone, you know, then they've gotten a cab and left mm. and I've never said goodbye to them. Mm. So I think just having a little bit of a reality check with yourself sometimes mm-hmm. um, and, and not indulging too much in the yes. kind of victimisation of he didn't yes. respond. Yeah. Um, unless... And also allowing ourselves to go through it, right? So yeah. it, whether we use the word rejection or ghosting, actually what you realise is a lot of us are so afraid of it happening that we kind of 
create a lot more anxiety in ourselves around it too. What would happen if I was ghosted? What would happen if I'm rejected? Well, mm. the reality is you'd move through it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so actually putting yourself out there and experiencing anything from what feels like a micro re- a rejection mm. to something much bigger, the more and more you do it, actually the more you can tolerate it mm. as long as you have the right structures around yourself. Mm. To your point about um kind of nurturing yourself during the week that will make us so much more that nurtures us and gives us the resource then to be a little bit more hardy Mm. when we do face the inevitable rejection or Mm -hmm. ghosting or or when someone someone not choosing you when someone doesn't choose you it also feels really good to stand up for your values like being able to (laughs) way too excited I I, love the word value honestly there is nothing that has empowered me more than to stand up for things that I think have gone wrong whether it's Mm. in a situation that I don't know the people or a work situation that I was in being able to go that is not what I stand for Mm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna question that and I'm gonna stand by it there's something really powerful and enlightening about doing that and I think it's it's really important to to kind of pinpoint your negotiables and non-negotiables mm. I, I have written down what I want from a relationship and there are three yeah. things and what I need from a relationship and the things that I need are non-negotiable Perfect. and yes. the things that I want I will compromise on through a conversation with the person that I'm with and I think you know more than three things it kind of gets a little bit out of control mm. to be also like, it's unrealistic to, totally but then you can be really disciplined and say okay you were disrespectful of my time that's one of my things I really need mm-hmm. or you, you haven't introduced me to any of your friends and it's been a year and that kind of community collective collective is, is something that's really empower- empowering to me and I yeah. really need it yeah whereas if you want them to be more fun on a night out but you can probably handle if they're not you know it's much easier to go okay now I can recognize the things that make me feel good and step away or step Mm. into them that's great advice so basically we're thinking spend as much so be disciplined yeah Mm -hmm. with how you're spending your time and how you're looking for love and with your week Mm. um and then nurture yourself do the things that make you feel good um and then, what's your point, Louise? Identify the three things that Identify you want. the things that you want and, and that the you, need. you need. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what about, um, is there a good or a bad time to date? Like, how do we work out if we're, because sometimes, you know, if you're not feeling great, like, maybe it isn't the best time to put your self-worth on the line, because as we've discussed, it, you can take that really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there a good or bad time? Louise, what do you think? I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic at heart, so I'm a little bit like everything that is meant for you will come to you at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so on the kind of left side, I'm like, keep doing what you're doing and try not to over-program what you're looking for because often then it doesn't happen naturally and organically and, and won't serve you in the best way. Um, but then on the other side, you know, when I when I joined Bumble, I, I made a decision that I wanted to be, I just came out of a relationship, a long relationship, and I decided that I really wanted to commit to my job and mm-hmm. being good at my job and, and building um, the business was something that was really important to me. Um, and so I was single for, for the entire time, you know, with a few dalliances here and there, mm-hmm. um, for the entire time I was there. And that was a really conscious deci- decision because I know myself well enough to know that the energy that I needed to put into it couldn't have been stretched across that period of time. And then I left and, and now I'm dating someone, which is so ironic because it was two days after I left. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Um, but, but yeah, so I think there's kind of two parts. So the first is like, the right person will find you even if you're at your weakest um, mm. and I know lots of people that have fallen in love when they have felt so vulnerable and I'm that person so happy you're really 
help them through that vulnerable mm. position. Um, a friend of mine was was very depressed and she met this amazing guy at a course that she did and um, now they're getting married. And I think you, you shouldn't just restrict yourself or block yourself off from love because you're feeling mentally challenged mm. um, but also be mindful not to put yourself in situations i.e. on a dating app mm. if you know that that feeling of rejection is going to be too cause much. more pain for you yeah. yeah so it sort of depends where you are I That's love this because something that really makes me quite mad is this notion of um, if you can't love yourself who's going to love you I totally agree oh my word whenever I read it I just it, oh, I don't even have words for the feeling that I have. It's just have a go. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the reality is humans are meant to exist in partnership. I don't mean just one-on-one. I mean in community, right? And the reality is that, yes, a lot of damage is done in relationship, but also that's where we find healing. Mm. So point to me someone, I'm hoping maybe you will say yourselves, but point to me someone who loves themselves. Mm. There's very few people now, I believe, who could confidently say that. So what, we're meant to wait and deny ourselves the very thing that might make us feel like we can heal? Mm. No way. Like, I could spend my days just going through Instagram posts, just, I don't troll, but, you know, yeah. maybe just trolling these people who say these things. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> it's holding yourself to a standard of emotional perfection mm. until so you allow yourself to, yeah, bond with someone else. Yeah, so you're already feeling mm. insecure and then you read something that says, oh, well, until you're not insecure, don't go yeah. looking for love. And you're like, oh, that's another failure of mine. And there's a real trend right now of people posting on Instagram, you know, I'm choosing to be single because I'm working through this pain instead yeah. of being like, I'm really distracted and focused on this. If the mm. right person came along when I was working at, mm. at Bumble, I, of course I would have entertained it, but it mm. just it just didn't happen. And I think you're so right that actually we need to lean into a space of being like, the more vulnerable I am, the more mm. open I am, mm. the more I'm going to grow. And actually, the more lovable you probably will be. 100%. And I think it, the, there is such thing as a really empowered choice, as in I choose this time to be single, whether mm. it's because I'm healing, whether it's because I'm working but that's the choice of the individual rather than don't go there because you're not ready Mm. yeah I think that's a really good point Um, so yeah and build yourself up to allow yourself Mm. to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because that's where that's where the good stuff happens right lean into all the people that make you feel good strength in it being able to sit and say, I'm, I'm sitting in my vulnerability and these are the things that I'm not doing so well at. Mm. But these are the things that I'm also doing really, really good at. Because by the way, the times that we feel terrible, there is a suite of things that we're also doing brilliantly. Yeah. And we're so distracted by the pain that we forget that there's some of greatness next to us, whether it is mm. in our you know, professional life or mm. our mental health is good, but our relationships are bad. There's always a yin to the yang. And I think mm. we need to recognise that more instead of indulging t- too much in the negative space. We're nearly at the end now, but if there's any, it, like it's Valentine's week when this is going out, um, it can be quite a tricky time if you're mm. not feeling great. Um, if there's one piece of advice for anyone that's feeling a bit disheartened, um, what would it be? Connect to the other people you love, your friends. Mm. I really hate Valentine's Day, so it's a day when I go out with my mates and we go to Weatherspoons. Oh, nice. Top romance. Nice. Yeah, I like spoons. it. <laughs> I like spoons because I'll come and join Mainly you. stoky. Oh, nice. <laughs> See you there. Yeah, I was going to say exactly the same. Spend time with the people that make you feel good. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, whatever you're doing on Valentine's Day, we hope you have a wonderful time. So thank you so much to my guests, Sophie and Louise. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, it really has. Thank you. Thank Thank you. So yeah, and thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed it, please rate or leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps other people find us. And I'll be back next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.